Welcome to the Hunter's Quest Podcast. This is your host, and yes, my name is Hunter, but this is our quest. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to be with you guys today, and I've got an awesome episode for you with Jordan Jonas, who was the winner of season six of the History Channel TV show Alone, which if you haven't seen it, uh, that season is available right now on Netflix, and I'd say it's definitely worth going and watching Um, It's basically a competition where they take 10 participants and drop them in the middle of the wilderness with 10 basic survival items, and it's all self-filmed, and they truly are alone, Um, and it's on them to hunt and trap and fish for their own food and build a shelter and basically just see who's the last man standing. So it's a really cool show, and um, you know, as we were watching, we started rooting for this guy named Jordan. He was wearing hunting gear, and about halfway through the season, he actually took a moose with a longbow, uh, which is one of the reasons why he was able to win. And later I found out he actually lives in Virginia, so uh, I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy. And um, that was before we even knew that he was going to win, but he did win the whole show uh, of season six. And um, I actually found out while we were recording this episode that uh, he's a believer and um, did some work with some missionaries in Russia, which is where he learned a lot of his survival skills. So he's got a really cool, interesting story. He's a survival expert. He's a DIY backcountry bow hunter. Uh, He's a believer, family man. And uh, just a really cool guy, so stick around for the conversation. And uh, before we jump in, though, you know, I always try to tie in a scripture verse that fits with the episode. This week I found Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. You know, me and Jordan talk a lot about his faith and how that was a huge factor in how he was able to hang in there. Uh, alone back there in the wilderness because, you know, with the Lord, we are never truly alone. Um, you know, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, and surely I tell you, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So felt like that was really fitting for this episode. Um, I think Jordan's faith was something that played a huge role in him, like I said, sticking it out. And I know it's always, uh, it's always really important for me when I'm back there in the back country and starting to get a little homesick and things are getting tough just to uh, just to have that to, to fall back on. So anyway, I did want to say again, thank you so much for all your support and all the ratings and reviews I've been getting on Apple Podcasts. Uh, those are huge in helping get the word out. Um, and I wanted to, like I said, send some decals out to some guys that left me reviews on the last episode. So if you are listening, Mountain Tramp 409, Hayden Reich, 10 Acre Jake, and Chef Mike Hunts. If you guys send me a DM on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest, I will make sure to get you a couple of decals in the mail, and I appreciate your support. Uh, If you want a couple decals, um, go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll keep picking out uh, random winners each week and send you guys some decals. So thanks again for your support, and please... Um, you know, go ahead and share this uh, podcast with your friends and family. 
Um, word of mouth is huge. And you can throw me a quick shout out on your Instagram story. I love seeing those things. And uh, also, if you just want to pick up a decal, um, you can check out the link in my Instagram bio and you can buy a couple there, uh, which is big and helps support the show. So, all right, let's just jump into this episode and uh, enjoy. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast here with Jordan Jonas, who is the winner of season six, uh, Alone. Um, if you haven't seen that yet, it's a really cool reality show. Uh, Jordan, thanks for being on here, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, man. Um, go ahead and just real quick, tell those who haven't seen Alone in a nutshell mm-hmm. what, what, what it is. What's the story behind the show? Oh, it's a, it's actually a pretty good show. Uh, prior to being on it, it was really the only TV show I watched. It's a, you know, it's a good, uh, a good idea for a show. Basically, what they do is they get ten people and drop them off in some remote location, and each person is in there by themselves. So ten people in separate spots, uh, and they film themselves. They don't have any. There's no crew around, and you basically have a tap out button and. 10 basic items so not like a gun or anything but like bow and a axe and you know the basic stuff and you basically see who lasts the longest the last person to tap out wins uh and you know it hypothetically at least on my season they adjusted it since but you could hypothetically go up to a year so (laughs) i don't know how long you're gonna be out there pretty cool idea for a show though and yeah yeah it's it's a something else no it's a legit show and <laughs> uh, i'm kind of a late adopter i got into it sort of late so i watched your season first all right and then i watched yeah, cause all it the... came out on netflix so, so a lot of people watched it for yeah. the first time then yeah yeah, yeah. and dude y'all uh... y'all season was awesome dude people were killing it like people were catching so many like rabbits and like and you of course uh, which we'll get yeah. into later but you killed it was a, moose. a great location for the show. You know, it's like a, it's, uh, I really like it. You know, the temperatures are extreme. It's, it's kind of a tool in that way, but there's also potential to reward activity. Whereas, you know, in some places you put somebody there's, it's going to be nothing but a starving contest, but up there, there is potential to survive. So yeah. it'll reward active, active people, which was, you know, great for me. And, uh, makes for a really good show i think <laughs> yeah for sure so it was in yeah. canada right yeah northwest territories mm-hmm. okay cool yep uh great slave lake real cool place though <laughs> yeah man yeah. so what what uh what 10 items did you bring well i definitely like i brought an axe that's like the one tool you have to have in the woods especially in the north woods um an axe a i brought a saw which was my iffy one i didn't know if i you should take it or not but i was like ah maybe it'll be a calorie saver uh in hindsight i would probably not i'd probably take something else instead but um the then i took an axe a saw and then paracord trapping wire a bow fishing line a frying pan a leatherman a ferro rod and a sleeping bag i think that must nice have been, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And everything was very, uh, except for the saw, which was like, you know, it was useful for some things, but uh, everything was critical uh, except for that. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. With the way I went about things, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed so definitely. you. Yeah, I noticed you were rocking Kuyu gear as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd never been able to like. You know, I always would go to Russia and just get you know wear the random wool and whatever else everybody else wears, hunted in BDUs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, when I got on the show, I was like, well, if there's ever an opportunity to uh, get fancy gear, this would be it. So yeah, how did it I perform? Mean, it, it's, uh, Oh, great. I have no complaints, you know, and I've since used the Sitka and the Kuyu and all that. And it's all, it all does great. It, you know, it's kind of personal preference at that point. There's little advantages to this or that, but I, I really liked it. It was, there's, there were certain pieces that were like, I had to send back cause they were kind of short. Like I think maybe to save weight, they keep them not, you know, a little bit on the waist is a little short and I'm kind of tall. So uh, I had to pick and choose which pieces worked for me, but in general, like uh, the the rain gear was excellent. I really liked that, and uh, uh, yeah, I didn't have any complaints. I liked it. Did Kuyu ever like hit you up after? Like, hey, we saw you on a loan. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we. I chatted with one of the guys a little bit. Uh, not a lot of follow up there or anything, but yeah, okay. they had a great advertisement. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I I saw you wearing the Kuyu stuff, and then. Um, I don't know if they mentioned it in the show or I looked you up, but I noticed that you lived in Virginia and I was like, Oh dude, I got to talk to this guy. Cause I'm in Virginia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a first, it's been the first time that I've had rain gear that's really held up, you know? Yeah. And prior I'd always be buying like Gore-Tex, you know, and military surplus stuff and stuff granted. So maybe it wasn't that good, but it has been really nice to have stuff that really keeps you dry. So, um, just going back a little bit, how did you end up in Virginia? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, my brother used to ride freight trains and they, they rode all the way, you know, he spent years doing it and, uh, he's older than me. And when I turned, what was I 18 or 19? He's like, Hey, you come with me on a trip. And so I rode across the country and up and down the coasts with them and stuff. But, uh, just like hopping on trains. Yeah. Just jumping on a freight train, on a box car <laughs> on like a 48, as they call them on wow. some of the uh and they uh went across the country and charlottesville you know charlottesville virginia was actually a place that it used to not be as nice it is as it is now and my buddy would uh stop or my brother would stop there and do work for a developer at the time Mm. so i went with them and we worked on some buildings up there and then uh and then charlottesville kind of blew up and that developer was like hey we're going to this other run downtown in Lynchburg so uh he invited us down here to start working downtown here and uh you know we since uh I started doing our own thing you can get really good at the time get really cheap houses and just renovate them and so okay so you so a bunch of our friends came to town could also get houses yeah kind of built a cool community here nice man so yeah, so your Instagram so. handle is Hobo Jordo. So I'm assuming that comes from <laughs> your days as actual hobo, huh? Yeah, it came from. It was kind of a joke. This, uh, you know, when I I was working at some salad dressing factory in North Idaho, but when I went traveling the first time, and there was this old this old guy, and uh, I quit my job and went traveling for you know the however long, and then when I got back, I went back to work there, and. Uh, anyway like, oh hobo Jordo. <laughs> that's kind of where it came from nice <laughs> kind of stuck around that work and uh yeah 
okay. to it, I guess. <laughs> so, Homo Jordo. Stepping back even a little further, so you grew up in Idaho, is that correct? And then, and then you've you've done some traveling, and right. um, tell just tell me real quick your kind of your story, your background. Yeah, that was actually some of my yeah a little quick story is I uh, grew up in Idaho for the most part, and uh, on a little farm in North Idaho, and. Uh, then, you know, like I did the thing, worked, did all your teenager stuff. And then, uh, went riding on freight trains when I was about 18 or so. And then, and then at that point I was down in Virginia and I was, you know, wondering what was next. I was going to go to college or, you know, finish college or go, uh, try to, trying to figure it out. And this opportunity came up to go to Russia to help this missionary guy over there build an orphanage mm. and, uh, it hadn't really been anything on my radar radar at all, but I like prayed about it and felt really like, wow, I guess that's the right thing to do. And so I just went for a year and ended up being over there. And, uh, uh, I kind of worked with this, this guy over there, the, the missionary guy for the first year. And we worked on the orphanage and other projects around, but I wanted to live with a, uh, Russians cause I was, wanted to learn Russian. So he sent me to this neighboring village and I lived with these bounced between two households of Russians that, uh, both of them had been in prison together and like real close from prison. And they had a third buddy that they'd been in prison with, who was this Venki, which is a native, uh, like indigenous person of, of, uh, Siberia. Mm -hmm. And they used to always tell me, Oh, you got to go visit Europe North. And eventually, they made the connection. They introduced me to Yura. He invited me up to a uh, fur trap up there with him. And in, in, I spent a season fur trapping. And then he sent me out to the woods uh, with his cousins, who were all nomadic reindeer herders. And uh, I just spent some years there living with those guys. I really liked their way of life. It was so, so fascinating. I didn't even know people like that, you know, lived like that still. So, yeah, uh, it was I loved it, and uh, and it seemed like a worthwhile <laughs> use of my twenties, I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> and I want to go back. You know, we've had these little kids and stuff. We were going to go back this fall, but it was from COVID. We didn't. Uh, but uh, you know, we plan to, and it's yeah, we're going to stay connected. Nice but man. Yeah, I guess that was kind of the way that connection led. And you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess some of those skills probably came in handy too on the alone, huh? <laughs> Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, like I didn't know about, you know, in the States, there were a lot of like survival get togethers and courses and stuff like that, which I actually didn't even know existed, you know, prior. Um, but it was really cool to go over there and see what people really are using in the forest. You know, there's no extra fluff. The wheat and the chaff's all been separated. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, so you kind of know what works and what you need to be doing and what you don't need to be spending your time doing, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so, yeah, that was great training for that. Yeah, man. And yeah. on a couple fronts, not only with the fur trappers, but also with the herders, you know, you kind of get in different angles. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned you went over there with a the missionary, man. I didn't, um, I didn't know you were a believer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. And so... I, I, I kind of directed my whole path as a young dude, you know, That's awesome, <laughs> trying man. to figure out what to do in life, which has been really interesting to see because, uh, 
I mean, I'd always be, I'd spent years over there, you know, over the course of 10 years, I would like come back to America, work, earn money, go to Russia, just kind of spent all my twenties doing that. And, uh, a lot of times you're just like, man, what in the world? I should be doing a career or I should be looking for a wife or whatever, you know, yeah. but it, I just felt like, you know what? I'm at the right place. I'm trying to live according to what my purpose. And so I'll just do it anyway. And then it's really weird to get on a show like that and have like your career aspect of your life kind of figured out. And then, uh, you know, things I thought I was in some degree giving up or not. And then, you know, I met a really nice, have a really great wife with a nice family. So just, some of those things you feel like you give up when you're like really seeking to live uh, in purpose or whatever is was really was neat to see that play out. It's been a big, uh, big deal. <laughs> yeah, man. So God's had a plan, you know, for all of our lives. It sounds like God's had a really cool, unique plan for you. And when you stopped trying to force it and just started to decide, hey, I'm going to live, like you said, how I want to live and, and stuff just worked out in God's plan, huh? Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's like it, they aren't formulas. <laughs> I was thinking like my grandparents, who were great folks too, and they had a lot. Uh, you know, their their life didn't go so smoothly. You know, so it's uh, you just think I'm I'm grateful for how it's been for me, and I you know thankful every day. And gratitude's a big part of how we try to like orient ourselves, but it can go a lot worse. (laughs) So so I don't know how to, I don't like, I don't know how to give it as a formula to people like do this, but I do think if you live, um, how would you say that? Like if you, if you, if you try to find, you know, what is meaningful and purpose in your life and stay true to that, then whether you're successful or not is, or, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like had I lost, you know, on a loan or had I, you know, I was already, happy and joyful and fulfilled and blah, blah you know so it doesn't really matter in that regard um, yeah. and so if you do that the other things fall in place but uh <laughs> but you know it could have gone differently up there <laughs> or anywhere you know that's just a small aspect of life you know the alone show but it was uh but yeah that's definitely a big lesson yeah but i mean living well like you're saying living well is so much more than just how much is in your bank account or whatever Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And and it, honestly, it hasn't really, it, it's op- opened up some awesome opportunities, especially as far as work and being able to do, you know, survival courses in the mountains and earn a living that way. But it hasn't changed my day-to-day life, you know, other than that, except it's in, in some regards, you know, like now I, I spend more time managing Instagram and stuff, which is something I don't really love doing, but I do. it's really, it's a great tool for meeting up, you know, for, for making connections. But I, it is one of those things where you can tell they're hat, trying to hack you all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get you sucked in. So. Yeah. And then you get random, yeah, yeah, it's like, and you get random people like me bugging you to be on their podcast. Oh no, that's what I like. <laughs> you know, I like, that's the best, that's the positive aspect of it is like interacting with cool people and making connections but it just comes with the mindless scrolling too if you're not careful <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta prioritize man oh yeah you do yeah you gotta put limits on it they got they're pretty good at their uh pretty good at what they do trying to get you to absorbed in. <laughs> they are for sure i'm more worried about it as far as a parent you know like i'm geez what's 
how are the kids going to navigate that? Because we're old enough at this point where you can kind of, you recognize it's not deeply gratifying and you're not going to spend all your time doing it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a toolkit that kids need to have how to, Absolutely. <laughs> how to navigate all this stuff. So did you, uh, did you grow up in a Christian home or did you get saved on a, as an adult or how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up my, yep. In a Christian home. I, like I said, my, uh, uh, dad was, is, uh, a Syrian, which is, a they're like a people group from the middle East, like yeah. an indigenous people over there that, uh, Asher Bonapal still by and large, you know, Christian. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, so they, they come from a long history of, of that. And, uh, you know, they fled there during some big genocide back in the 1900s. And, um, uh, my grandparents fled that, but anyway, so that would come from a long heritage of, of believers on both sides, I guess, to the family. And so, nice, man. yeah. Are you, but, uh, are you guys Persian Assyrian or Arab Assyrian? Uh, it would be more like, I guess, I mean, I think Assyrian Assyrian is fairly like, if anything, they would call us Syrio Chaldean, but it's like, so our, our, but our, yeah, our Assyrian ancestry is all from Iran. So in okay. that regards, yeah, that's, Persian, that's what I meant. Assyrian, not like, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we're not, we're not in, uh, you're right. We're not in like Syria wasn't our home. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of like what they call now Syriac. Yeah. Which are like in by and large in syria and stuff or there's the uh assyrians in the other parts there's you know so much fewer so fewer of them now and they're they all got spread around a lot of them fled to syria from you know turkey and all that so yeah yeah just mixed up but uh (laughs) because my wife my wife is iranian and she has some friends that are oh interesting oh cool yeah man um, oh no kidding oh interesting yeah that's fascinating yeah so my uh my i think maybe we chatted about this briefly but our my uh grandparents or my you know my grandparents are all from ermia your wife would know about it okay. in north uh western iran yeah nice so, yeah yeah cool that man. kind of a town big town up there <laughs> <laughs> well um just shifting gears a little that's bit cool. even though all that stuff is really interesting um kind of do want to hear a little bit more about alone you know um because you were the only person i've ever seen on that show i think the only person ever to take a big game animal on the show correct right yeah yeah until that until season six nobody had and uh and i'd read a lot prior you know like you get i heard i was going on i was like holy crap so then i went on reddit and wherever else and just reading what people had to say about the show I hadn't been, I you know, it hadn't been on my radar the couple of years prior to when I got invited on. So I was like, oh man, so I watched up and then I, and then I went on Reddit and a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, it's impossible to uh, collect enough calories given the tools you have to survive in those situations. So the best thing you can do is put on a lot of weight and, and uh, relax. But of course, from my, and burn few calories, you know, that should be your focus, not burning calories. And uh, when I, I knew that that wouldn't be an option for me given my metabolism and also knew that it was possible in those places to survive. Like I said, it's not necessarily the case everywhere. You know, they could put you in the middle of somewhere that might, that might not be the option, but I knew in like Siberia, which is somewhat similar to Northern Canada, that 
you know, you can make it happen. <laughs> it's not easy, but especially when you don't have any prior scouting experience of the area and, and unfamiliar with it all. But right. it at least gave me like, you know what, we can do this. And then when I got out there, it it just kind of all flowed back to me. I was like, oh man, I feel right at home. You know, this and uh and that's what it is. You just come across, you know, come across a problem and try to solve it and always with the goal of, you know, I my goals was always to try to get some sort of big game or, you know, I, I figured some people might be able to get find sustainability fishing out there. And I'm still curious if they stuck with that location, if somebody would like really unlock the fishing key up there. Um, but, and I, and I did pretty well fishing, but the real key was of course game. And, and I think, regulations aside i probably could have gotten more oh really <laughs> you know like i might add a there was another moose that i think i could have got you know so <laughs> later on in the, in the season he walked right under my food cache you know and uh oh man would have been a great tree stand so <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like like a lot of people pay a lot of money and go guides and outfitters and stuff like that and you know take these big 30 caliber rifles up there to kill a moose and you schwacked you schwacked one with a stick and string so how'd that go down man (laughs) oh man that was it was such a fun hunt I, i can't you can't really replace it when it's uh when there's so much on the line you know you really feel like I've got to get something or I'm going to starve. It doesn't even feel like it's money on the line. It feels like, you know, you have to survive. And so, uh, just the stakes, uh, being so high, it's just so intense. And I, uh, you might remember earlier in the season, I actually missed a moose with my bow, uh, which was, which was kind of wild in and of itself. Not because I, I, uh, had set up, like I did a really cool setup. It wasn't by like a lucky encounter. I'd, strung a bunch of strings up with some old tin cans on rocks across pads so when they and then i would sit there and call and call and call and when they came along uh you know i heard this moose clank through the cans i was like oh man and i I was in my sleeping bag in the morning and i jumped up and uh ran out there and i grabbed my camera and my bow you know and uh ran over there what i didn't grab was my quiver because i was kind of all in a rush and you got to get your camera and all that so i just had one arrow and which was so stupid, but went over there. And it was just, it was just awesome because it was a huge moose and uh, and but he was out standing in a mud flat. And I don't know if you've ever been in a, like a mud flat, but it's like shooting into a field. It's just really hard to judge distance. And he was so big that I just thought he was closer than he was. And so I estimated him being like, well, he's probably thirty yards. And I shot and it, you know, dropped short <laughs> between his legs. I was like, what? And then I uh, paced it off and he was 43 yards away after, you know, ran off. I was like, holy cow, he, that was way off. But it was just because he was big and it was a mud flat and all that. Yeah. That said, if I would have had my second arrow, I would have probably whacked that one. But then uh, he ran away and it just makes you think like, oh, gosh, I got to, you know, re-strategize. You can get, that's a time when you could get depressed or whatever but man i was actually really excited anyway just because it's so cool to see those yeah. northern moose they're just big dinosaur like animals Huge. and i was like man, that's so awesome and uh uh so i was like well i've tracked them for a while i didn't want to get on them too much because i was hoping he would come back so i didn't push him but i did track him and when i was tracking him he kind of like went between these I mean, he wouldn't really say cliffs, but, you know, it was like in a bit of a valley there. And I just figured, you know what? They're only 
obviously game animals are going to be walking the valley because they don't want to be climbing these rocks on these side and that side. So uh, kind of put some Evenki bushcraft <laughs> ideas together and, you know, built a fence. They kind of funneled all the tr potential traffic into just one spot and onto one trail. Even if, even if I wasn't at the right place at the right time, you know, once an animal gets put on a certain trail, he's in general going to stay on it, yeah. you know, increase your odds. So then I uh, had that little funnel made. I've set my cans up. I kind of adjusted some things with them. And then sure enough, I was out snaring rabbits one day and I heard my cans go clunk, clunk. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I, uh, just ran over to the bush that was on the other side of that funnel and saw that moose trotting, you know, wandering along. I was like, oh man, your heart's beating. And I probably could have waited a little longer and had him had a perfect shot because, you know, of course the bush I had chosen was right opposite of the uh, funnel, but I, I kind of just shot the first good shot I had, which he was still a little quartering towards me, which is a tougher shot, mm -hmm. but it was only 23 yards or so. And so I, took the shot and punched it through but it was i i of course he was like only 23 yards but with the recurve i missed a couple inches to the right or whatever which meant when i quartering shot i really only got the one lung but it went through the lung and sunk way into him like almost punched out the backside. so he had this full length arrow inside of his body cavity and, uh, and he took off running and uh and man, that was the most intense moment ever. I Dude, just yeah. that you know how it is. I had to go, go like, oh, I had to go wait for an hour before I started tracking it, which yeah. just like, dragged on forever. Then I lost the blood trail. You know, just the whole ordeal of it all. Uh, just an emotional roller coaster for a while. We've all everybody that's bow hunted and has lost an animal because they like oh, didn't the worst. wait long enough or spooked it up and it got away. And it's just the worst. And when things out there, it's just so much higher stakes it was nerve-wracking but yeah. when man when it finally did go down i whew, that was pure joy yeah <laughs> that's amazing dude that's amazing. Yeah, what, a, Had, what a relief it didn't it took the pressure off big time as far as hunger but i always told myself i'm sure somebody else is gonna give big you know big game too so i never i didn't think like now i can cruise i just thought right oh, man <laughs> yeah now we're getting started what were you gonna say sorry no you're good man i was say had had you been into traditional archery and bow hunting with the recurve before or is that something that you got in just because of the show i'll say it again go ahead i was just saying um you cut out yeah it's okay or something's happening did you uh have you always been into hunting with traditional archery or is that something you got in just because of the show no, I, I had, but I ha I haven't, I wasn't uh, deep into it yet, but I had prior experience with it. Just not a lot. So I've done the show made me really put the pedal to metal. I did a lot of art bow hunting, but traditional archery was something I was just getting into as I got invited onto the show. So that kind of made me crash course into it more. And then, uh, yeah, so yeah, it was, it was fair. I was fairly fresh to it <laughs> i've yeah. gotten into it a little more since more you know it is fun but i also it does it does mean you're going to track more animals <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you know you got to get or you're just going to miss more opportunities where you're just like man if i would add my compound that thing would have been gone and then here i didn't couldn't take the shot you know yeah i was telling you earlier that story up there uh 
talking a few weeks back. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you get close enough to where you definitely get it with a compound, but you still have, like, you know, some serious stocking to do with your recurve. So. But yeah. it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool you're able to and do that. And they're kind of more fun to shoot in general. Yeah. Oh, it was a blast. And what a, like you said, a lot of people, you know, pay to go on those big moose hunts and, you know, for good reason. It's, it is a blast. But what, and that was like a, dream hunt as far as that goes <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and I, i'd like to do it again you know i could I, I i feel like if i was back up in those those regions again that i could make it happen again and it would be really fun to try you know it's, it's, it was a such a challenge but like i said there is enough game to like kind of keep you going while you're hunting there's enough fish and rabbits and squirrels <laughs> yeah was and uh yeah so it was also some of the funnest fishing i've ever done and again it's a little bit skewed because it's just so the stakes feel so high so every fish you catch is just like so exciting yeah but i was gonna it ask was a like, lot of fun fishing it got, i was just gonna ask like how how is the experience different? Because you you've bow hunted, obviously you've killed um, right. other animals with your bow, right. but more in a recreational sense. Like, how is it different? How is the experience different between killing this thing to actually survive versus just kind of out hunting for fun? Yeah, it's a it's a in a way it's a lot different, but that's because it just comes with the whole. It's a whole. It's a. It's an interesting uh experience and this applies to having like lived with the Avenki and to some degree even traveling on trains and stuff but there's a a degree of freedom that you get when you just are living in the wilderness you know that you that just and there's a there's a way you're tapping into the way humans are designed and meant to be you know like we we've lived like that for as long as we've been around basically until recent history and so i uh and you can really feel it when you spend good long periods of time in the wilderness you kind of like get into a rhythm that you don't find in modern life and so uh hunting in those in in those way in those mindset is just so you know it comes with all that too so it's just everything's just more intense you're feeling it you're more connected to all your the way your brain chemistry works and your dopamine receptors and this and that, you know, you're, you're getting, uh, like I've talked about before, but you could, I couldn't with any amount of money buy the joy or whatever, the excitement that I get for when I, for example, got that moose, uh, or you just, or even caught some of the big fish that I caught. You're just, it's just, just so exciting and you can't really replace it even just hunting or fishing normally although that's the be kind of the best thing you can do to in our normal life recreate that experience you know but it yeah. does it does uh it does it is on a different level and i do encourage people to like try to spend long periods of time in the wilderness you know weeks at a time just enough to where you like do tap into that a little bit different mode of being because i think it's really it's kind of an eye opener and you're like, Oh yeah, this is you know how we're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when it's raining outside and you're outside and the thunder's outside and the, you know, and you just feel everything so much more, it's uh, you feel pretty alive, which is great. You know, we have so many barriers between us and the natural world now that it's, 
and and you know it's just it's just an example of one of the things that you kind of feel more vividly but uh, yeah hunting for sure and is that way where it's just it's just more intense and the you know and the, the fact that the stakes are higher that's not just a positive thing because that also means you're, you're, you're hungry probably. Yeah. but it is a i feel like in our modern world we're really privileged in that we can almost have the best of both worlds like uh you know i've even living with the Evenki nowadays in Russia, it's like, fact is, is there is civilization somewhere now. So like, we're not going to die if uh, somebody gets appendicitis, you know, that might be a tough one, but you know, you're not going to die from something small in right. general, whereas, you know, hundreds of years ago you would. So there, but we can still now uh, we've lost a lot of it, but we can still tap into that old way of doing things that we're kind of designed for. And if you can, kind of have both and that's like great yeah so i'd tell i encourage people to try to choose to do some of those things sometimes i think it would be really fun to say go elk hunting and just get your elk and then just stay up in the woods yeah. as long as, yeah. you know, until you finish your elk basically yeah that'd that's be cool. kind of like next bucket list would be fun to do yeah yeah, yeah. And as you know, as back yeah, yeah. as backcountry hunters, we're one of the only kind of populations that we you know we probably don't. Most of us get weeks, but some of us might get a week or ten days back there, and definitely tap into something that is not most people don't get. You know, right? You get that feeling. You get to that point where you're just like, man, I don't know if I want to go back. You know, like we just yeah, be out here for <laughs> indefinitely, which. Yeah. Is, that's when you're starting to get there you know you're starting to get to that mind that mental yeah. space where you're like oh this is actually where we're supposed to be yeah man i remember i went on a um a backcountry trip and then i had to go um i used to work for the christian broadcasting network i had to go to nepal for like 10 days um and we were like in uh -huh. the mountains in nepal like filming but um and then i so it'd been like month or two since I'd been like in the Western civilized world. And I remember coming home and like standing in a Walmart and just being like lost and confused. Like what is going on right now? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. It's strange, man. It's a weird one. Can't really stop progress, but hopefully we can manage it. And yeah. uh, like I said, you have some of the good of both. Uh, that's also why it is so valuable that I do hope some of those native cultures, um, stick stick around you know they have a lot of a lot of pulls to like you know a lot of the young people want to have cell phones and not be in the woods and this and that and uh but if they can get over some of the awkward humps between what they're doing and modernity and like take carry the forward their traditions i think it adds so much to the world you know so totally man but uh yeah, that's cool. That is the one one of the great things about, especially those like you say, ten two week, ten day backpack hunting trips. It's like it's one of the closest things you can get to it. Yeah, know, yeah, man. Do some fishing. Yep. What uh, like what what role did your faith play when you were back there alone? Uh oh, uh, like a lot. You take away all the distractions, and then you just realize what. You know what it was like i didn't i didn't spend a lot of time like where i would like kneel down and pray or anything but what it what it really felt like was just the constant practice of prayer or whatever like con you know it's just that constant uh very present the presence of god i guess you'd say um and uh you feel that very much you know that's like very uh 
and you you realize what's valuable to you and and it's it pretty it strips it pretty much down to you know your you get rid of all the extra <laughs> fluff it's like you know you love your family you wish for them the the best and the best is that's tied up on your faith and how that plays out for yourself and your kids and you're this and that you know and you're just you think about all those things and uh but yeah it was, it was it's kind of essential it was just such a it was such a constant part of what i was doing and a lot of times like i man i remember you know like uh from i guess from my long long time spent in russia i kind of um gathered from the orthodox tradition like that you know sign of the cross thing and i found that to be really it's like a physical action that you i would take that would really recenter me like for mm-hmm. whatever reason just doing that physical thing when i was out by myself in the woods and you have all these stressors of like oh man i gotta do that like in your mind's going a little bit like you're getting a little lost in what you're doing and then and sometimes i could just be like oh, just do like a breathe out <laughs> that sign of the gods was like oh that's really recentering i really appreciated that interest for some reason that was a thing that stood out on that time on alone that i was like oh that's really uh was powerful for me and just like a recentering way to kind of get you that more in that like you know what i'm just gonna do my do my best the rest is in the good lord's hands we'll see what happens (laughs) and uh and didn't have to take it take on any stress beyond that but it definitely was that the a very good example of that practicing the presence of god i guess where it's just kind of constant low level prayer in the background yeah. <laughs> in some sort yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah, man. So that was and, super cool yeah mm-hmm. and in that quiet environment you can really connect with nature connect with god and um i don't know what would you say is like the biggest lesson you learned about yourself or spirituality or just whatever when you're out there yeah that's interesting like uh wonder I wonder what I, I've been asked that before and, and for some reason I should have a better answer. But what I found was interesting was I think some of the most like, obviously just, you know, some of the most like transformational realizations I had were, were in my, during, in my time in Russia and stuff. And some of the, like, you know, I got to say like when I, when alone happened and when I came home from alone, it felt very much to me like another trip to Russia. Like it felt very normal. I came out of the woods. I was back home two days later and I was like inviting all the friends over to come hang out. And you know, like it, it got like felt really normal. I didn't have a very traumatic experience, but I, uh, but, and, and I, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot now about how, uh, or, you know, our faith walk or whatever is, is just a path. It's just a journey we're on. And, and I'm at a certain point and it's interesting to look back at the, you know, at the profound points that I've been at in, in certain times. And, and then, and then at other times where you're just kind of walking the path. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was a time where I, again, it was really, it was really uh, eye opening to me how powerful the, that, that, constant meditative prayerful state was to have when you're alone in the woods that was the thing that i was made most aware of um aside from that it was a lot of you know it was less less profundity and more like walk in the path i guess you know and a lot of times yeah. that's just what we're doing and it uh and 
Yeah. So I think I felt like a lot of the, a lot of the lessons that I felt were life changing were ones that I had learned previous prior to the show, which was helpful probably mentally, you know, it didn't, it meant I wasn't like doing, having major crises out there mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice, you know, it's very obvious when you're alone for a long period of time, this was the same for trapping in Russia, but you, that you, um, you know, the, if you have any issues, they'll definitely come up. And if you're alone and you haven't dealt with those issues, that's going to be a problem. For you sure. know, you're gonna, it's going to take a lot of your mental space and energy. So it's a good, good reminder to make sure that you deal with bad relationships and problems you've made before you get into rough situations, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it seemed like, you uh, yeah. know, like you you seem like you did really well cause you're kind of like made for this. Like you said, some people it's almost like a traumatic experience, but like for you, it's kind of like you're out there having fun, like mm -hmm. hunting and doing it. So like how, how important would you say right. like mindset is or was for you with this, with this stuff? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think it's, it's equally as important as skill, but you can't say it mindsets everything. And I hear that too, but it, it really isn't. <laughs> be both and you know you have to have the proper mindset and the ability to provide lots of food <laughs> and it's kind of a it's a combination of both so like most everybody that's been on the show that has gotten pulled for weight you know those are all people that had the right mindset basically you know like they had it pretty figured out and a lot of people uh really enjoyed their time out there and it was great but you know if your time's ends uh because you ran out of food you know that's basically why i knew what happened eventually which is why i was even stressed even though i had hundreds of pounds of food and fish and all that i was still stressed because eventually you know it's going to end because you don't have enough food right. that was basically <laughs> and i think that's been the case for everyone that's been on the show that hasn't voluntarily tapped you know so yeah so I think for myself and those people, we all have what it takes mentally. And then it's just a matter of applying your skill set to your physical situation. And if you can yeah. combine the both of those, then you can, you can really last out there. And, uh, but yeah, so it, it's absolutely necessary to have the right mental outlook. And, and it's probably the most interesting thing to dive into, but it's, it, you have to have the physical yeah. abilities also. Yeah, it's. I mean, I talk a lot oh, about yep, on on here hand. about. Yeah, I talk on here a lot about how we're triune beings, you know, spirit, soul, and body. And um, it sounds right. like you you uh -huh. you did a good job of being prepared in your mind, your body, and your spirit. And maybe that's what gave you the edge to win. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I would imagine so. Like, yeah, if you if you can put all three of those together, it's definitely that's the best you can do, <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah. That's uh, yep. Thank cool, God man. it worked out well that time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, what's next for you, man? Oh, I've been I've been teaching some survival courses, and uh, so I've got the whole summer basically booked up, and from, or you know, and then I'm, I think mid August I'm gonna break off those and then just take my family my brother and his family and we're going to head up into the wilderness for a few weeks because i do find whenever i'm uh up in the wilderness and this same with it was on alone it's like man i just stay here if i had my family you know like i just want to be yeah. here 
you know, same, same with the survival courses. I just love them. They're a blast. Oh, but the family's not here. So I figured I'd take a few weeks towards the end of the summer and just take the family up. You know, I got a bunch of little kids and like a baby and stuff, but might as well do it. See what happens. <laughs> it might be a lot of crying kids, but that's all right. They'll get used to it. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of in the cards, uh, survival courses, then like a family, you know, time up there. We're going to get some llamas to help pack our gear and just head deep into the woods. And then, uh, uh, after that, hold on oh and then it's like there's potential there's like you know there's a lot of things that are potential but we'll see if they happen things like tv shows and this and that we'll see but uh yeah so there's a lot i feel busy way busier than normal (laughs) but yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so when you guys head off, when you guys head off good. into the wilderness with your pack of llamas, are you going to tent camp or are you yeah. going to set up a semi-permanent shelter or what are you going to do? Yeah, I got one of those. I think we're, you know, I got, I'd, I'd like to get way back deep in the kind of the mountains uh, where people don't get to. And so that that's going to require us. We got little kids, so we'll probably go like a mile a day, <laughs> you know, just go a little ways every day, set up. A, we got one of those Kafaru teepees or whatever. I'll set that up and stay in a teepee and then head farther and just see how, how fast we can get back into where I really like it. You know, there's some really beautiful places and lakes that I'd like to get to. And then once we get up there, we'll probably, you know, maybe set up a little more permanently ish, you know, that sounds awesome, man make our way back out but i don't have a tight schedule we're just see how it goes and <laughs> yeah that sounds <laughs> yeah. awesome but yeah. yeah so we'll have that little tp thing yep are you gonna yeah, bring I'm, I'm are you gonna bring food or try to just subst- uh live off the land yeah no it, obviously yeah no i'll bring food because uh if i did it during elk season it would be really fun to like i said try to get an elk and then just stay like yeah. that's kind of what something i really want to do but we're doing it before any major hunting season. So it'll be in August and, uh, and we'll probably be coming out right before elk season. So, so we'll bring in our food. Yeah. There's not, not a lot of legal hunting to be had. At the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, but cool, it'll man. be, it's, we'll do fishing. Yeah. That sounds awesome, bro. Yeah. Um, well, man, I, I appreciate your time. Um, this has been a cool conversation. I want to, um let you go be respectful of your time but um yeah thanks hunter yeah good talking to you man yeah yeah no it's been fun tell the uh the old family hey all right brother have a good one <laughs> we'll be in touch see you man thanks again for listening to the hunter's quest podcast and make sure you stay up to date on social media at the hunter's quest on instagram and the Hunter's Quest podcast on Facebook. And we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day-to-day, as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here. As always, I'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear, fitness, whatever. Just drop me a line in my DMs or you can email me at hunter at thisishuntersquest.com. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave me a rating and a review. That's really helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. So stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff in the works. And I'm really excited to continue this quest together.